0: Good morning everyone, happy Mother's Day and um, what I will do, I've got just a couple things we're going to do in a moment, but we're going to be interviewing some specialists this morning who are people who have actually had a mum. Anyone else in the room ever had a mum? I, I noticed a pattern emerging. Um. Chris, could I get you to flick those other light switches up there and turn these ones on for me? Whoa, there we go. Cool. Good morning, Michael. All right. So what I might do is ask our four special guests if they can make their way up here. All right. Um, Those who were singing this morning, I need to pinch your microphones. So these are our panel of experts. Now, maybe you didn't realize that they had had a mum before, but they have. It's pretty cool. Chris, can I get you to throw that first slide up, Um, please? So when it comes to, to an event like Mother's Day, it's actually not part of a liturgical calendar. So who here knows what a liturgical calendar is? Okay, some of us, so depending on which faith, tradition, and background you're from, they have set readings and set passages of Scripture. Mother's Day is a complete invention. It was a a, a cultural thing that came into existence. We've talked about that in previous years, where it came from and what it was for. But this month for us is also mission month. So in sitting and and doing some prep around, okay, you know, uh, the the visiting speakers that we had planned had to be rescheduled. Some of those other kind of behind-the-scenes structural things didn't quite play out the way that we thought so I ended up going, okay, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, Mother's Day. This is like Mother's Day number eight for me at Kerrang Baptist Church and going, okay, how many different angles are there on Mother's Day? Um, and so I went, I went to my library and I found my, my stack of, of books about, you know, biblical manhood and womanhood and, and all these different things. And I went, you know what, Lord, Lord, I'm just have this nagging, nagging feeling that I need to go and have a look back through some of my own journals And I was reminded from one of the um, things I wrote down when I was in India, one of the ministers there saying, you know what, you are a gospel. That if the kingdom of God has got hold of you, that there is something of God worth reading. And I went, you know what, we need to talk to some other specialists. We need to have, have a broader conversation. We need to talk about the way that the scriptures have ended up with hands and feet. That they have played out not just as words on a page, but the gospel has played out as words in people's hearts, as things which have happened in people's families. I'm also aware that, that this morning what I'm asking these four people to share uh, might end up being close to the bone for them. It might end up being close to the bone for some of us this morning. We're aware that we are all from different backgrounds. We've had different experiences of what our mum has been like or hasn't been like. Of how our mum's been around or or in our life or not been in our life. Um, So in a moment I'm just going to pray and then I'm going to read actually um, out of the book of Proverbs and we're going to talk about about wisdom and then we're going to open the floor up for some conversation but let's just gather our thoughts and pray. Lord Jesus we thank you for mums that you brought fatherhood and motherhood into existence and that right in the beginning it was something that reflected on who you are and Lord God this morning we want to see you we want our eyes to be focused on you in everything we're about to read and everything we're about to hear as we reflect on our own journey on the things that maybe haven't gone well or have really been wonderful Lord God, would you help us to bring all of those thoughts and reflections before you and to ask you to reveal yourself in them. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity we have as, as family to gather and to share about you freely and openly with one another. And we ask that our words this morning would be your words. You would put your words in our mouth. We commit this time to you, Lord Jesus, for your name's sake. Amen. All right, if you have a Bible, please feel free to read along with me. And I'm going to be reading to you just for a few moments out of Proverbs chapter 8. And we're going to start by making a couple obvious points here. In the Old Testament, whenever we hear about the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God is often described as a person, and the wisdom of God is most often described as a woman. Not a single amen. Oh, come on. <laughs> any, any husbands in the room get nudged? Yeah, okay. I was not prepared to admit. Cool. Um, Proverbs chapter 8. And as we get towards the end of chapter 8 here, we're going to make it a couple observations and we're going to get into some discussion. Um, <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 8. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Verse 10 Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, all who rule on earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. Verse 23, I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be when there were no watery depths i was given birth when there were no springs overflowing with water before the mountains were settled in place before the hills i was given birth before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth i was there when he set the heavens in place when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters could not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway, for those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves, all who hate me love death. Wisdom personified as a woman, and we find this is the same language used to describe the Holy Spirit. The language that we find early on in Genesis, right at the very beginning. This is the language of a companion who then travels with God and a companion who can then travel with us. So as we come to sharing some stories in a minute and asking some questions, I encourage you to think about your own journey. Uh, I do encourage you this morning to think about your relationship, not only with your mum, but with your mother's faith. If you're here this morning and you are a mum or you are a mother figure, I encourage you to think about the way you impart faith to others, about the way the wisdom you have becomes something which can journey with someone else. Good morning. Hey, how are you doing? No pressure. <laughs> All right. Um, what I will ask is if you can just kind of introduce yourself, because there's probably people in the room that have no idea who you are. Um, ladies first. Ladies first. Ladies first. Ladies first.
1: all
0: right well i'll tell you what for this first one we're just going to start at this end and go that way how about that that'll work all right question number one when it comes to thinking about mums and faith what practical outworkings do you remember seeing of your mother's faith when you were younger
2: my name's Tim ford uh, for introductions so um I work at the Christian school and been going here for about a year and a half and uh, taught at the Christian school for about three years now. Um, a little bit about my mom before I tell her about kind of who she was. Uh, she grew up in a like Dutch family, if you know a little bit about the Dutch, they're very hard workers. Um, she lived up in Michigan, which not a lot of you have a lot of background in, but it was usually kind of like Bellarat, always cold, always rainy, and not a very pleasant place to be. But that's where she grew up, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was there over uh, the you know Thursday, Friday, and I felt like the wind was coming in two direction, and the rain was always in my face, so um, it's nice to be back. <laughs> No, but um to to describe my mom, she was uh she was probably a saint with a heart of a rebel. Uh she was a pastor's wife, uh is a pastor's wife and um so you know, whenever you know there was a bible study to be put on or tea to be made or whatever she needed to do, she did it wonderfully, but also there was a stop sign right outside of our church she'd, she'd always drive through just because she was a <laughs> rebel and, and and things like that. Um, but things that, that really I think of when I think of my mom, I, I played soccer from under eights all the way up to uh, secondary school and she went to every single one of my games, like never missed a game, always the loudest cheer or the biggest critic, one of the two and um but like she 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 saw value in that in me, and she always encouraged me and, and that was one big like broad stroke of her is that she always encouraged people like if they were having a hard day or just needed like a little bit of an uplift, she could find that in anybody 's heart anybody 's story, and really encourage people and so that's that 's one thing um, that she did really well, and she also did that really well through food, so if you came by for You know, dinner, there was always some kind of, you know, steak or veg or, you know, bread rolls just waiting for you. And really tried to make people feel encouraged when they came into our house. And so you were, you didn't feel like a stranger for long because you'd get a hug. She'd say, how are you doing? And then you had some beautiful food in front of you. So that was a little bit about my mom and how she loved really people well. So that's Julie Ford. Thanks, I'm Les Smith. Uh, We've been in town for the last
3: five years, my wife Judy and I. uh, We came here from North East Victoria and we've settled into Kerrang. Uh, Judy has, so I'm still settling in slowly, but uh, uh, we've been attending here at Kerrang BAPS for the last five years. And um, my mum's no longer with us. She would have been 96 this year. Um, She died in the 5th of September, uh, 2011. She had dementia for 10 years. Um, And in the end, it was, a, it was a wonderful release actually, um, and I haven't really thought about Mum for the last little while in day-to-day things, and when Bob asked me today, yesterday, to, uh, to do this, it's a lot of searching, a lot of thinking, and um, thinking about Mum, uh, how she was. She grew up in, um, in England, north of England and um, for those that know England, the North East, is played in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, um, they have a language there which um, is very hard to understand. The first time that Judy talked to her on the phone, she was hoping she said yes and no with the accent at the correct times. But, uh, but Mum, Mum died when she was 12 years old and she was given the task of looking after her two brothers. Her uh, older sister was married at that stage, so um, she had a... A father who was, um, in those days, didn't show too much love to them, Um, and she was tasked with looking after them at 12 years old. And also, um, her brother was probably not as nice to her as he could be. The other brother stood up for her. And uh, in that place, and uh, when she was younger, she found a faith in God. We found her uh, her hymn book, which we've got, and it shows an address back there in Newcastle upon Tyne, where she was, and. this hymn book, and she had a faith when she was younger, and then uh, as she grew older, um, and, and life got uh, busy and things, uh, she met my dad over in Germany after the Second World War, where he was actually uh, part of the, the uh, occupation forces in Berlin, and she was part of what was in the um, uh, a canteen, which used to go and look after the, uh, the non-commissioned soldiers and, and those down the line, and that's where they met. Um, I don't know how she went with her faith in those days. Um, and then when we were... Um, when Mum and Dad got married in 1952, um, and then she went along for there, but her faith was not probably overt, and it's not the sort of thing that we've really talked about. It wasn't there. Um, for this question here, what practical outworkings do you remember seeing of your Mum's faith when you were younger? Pre-teens, it was very hard to remember um, uh, when I was younger, but one of the things that she did and whether it was just a social norm or not, but she actually took us, my sister and myself, and we were baptised or we were christened in the Church of England. And that was a way of of declaring that they were going to bring her up, whether she prayed for us or not. But the faith was not averted, as I said. It didn't come until um, we'd become Christians, my sister and myself, and uh, she became uh, a lot more, her faith then became a lot more active uh, when she actually moved, they lived at Liaga for, for 10 years and uh, I went to church at the Baptist Church down in Bort and I said, you want to come along? She said, yeah, and then she said next week, no, well, I suppose I better keep going. And then she became a part of the Bort Baptist Church and uh, for a little while, and then she ended up at the walls of Barrowport and the uh, at the um, the church in the paddock out there with uh, every second person or third or fourth or fifth person called Smith um, and I uh, really enjoyed her time there She came into Kerrang actually for two years And they lived here And she actually attended church here for a couple of years And uh, I think she was part of the Temperance Union while she was here And it was later on in life When we were able to have discussions on on faith and things like that That her faith actually became a lot more active in her later life And it was shown much later in her life Which I'll share a little bit later So my mum
1: I'm Grace Ferguson. Uh, A lot of you already know my mum, either from school or just around town, Miss Lowe. Um, So my mum married a non-Christian when she was younger. And um, so seeing her journey through raising four girls in the church, putting her Christian morals uh, or teaching us her Christian morals and then letting us choose whether we wanted to go in that direction or... Go the direction of our dad. So, watching the way that she composed herself, the way she um, talked to people, she ran the household. She she showed her Christian faith through everything that she did, regardless of the flack she'd cop from our dad or um, or from his family as well. They weren't very nice to her, but. Um, <laughs> That didn't, that didn't stop her from showing us girls especially how much she loved God. She was a very prayerful person. She still is a very prayerful person. And it was, it was uh, I had to laugh when Max started reading a lot of my notes that I've written because I panic. <laughs> I panic <laughs> if I'm not prepared. I panic. So when, yeah, Max started reading that story before, a lot of my notes are very similar. I have a very prayerful mother And it's one of those things that she would pray with us in the car if she was taking us to school. She'd pray for us um, at the bus stop if we were catching the bus. Over every meal, we would stop and pray. When uh, in church, she'd get up and pray. She used to go to the prayer meetings. And if we were sick, we'd go with her to those two and she'd sit and pray for us when we were sick. If we were sick at home, she'd sit and pray for us. She'd pray for us. If we couldn't sleep at night or if we were having bad dreams, we'd get up and she'd pray for us. And then when we were at school or moved out of home or wherever we were, she'd still be praying for us. You'd walk around the house and there's sticky notes um, in her bedroom there's sticky notes all around her mirror in the bathroom there'd be sticky notes in the fridge on the fridge in the cupboards everywhere there'd be sticky notes full of lists of people and everyone's name not just a group of people but their names were written down and she would pray for those people individually and it was one of those things that you just she didn't tell everyone oh I'm praying for you or you know I I sit and pray for you at night or she just did it. It was one of those things that, yeah, growing up, you just saw the effect that that had, especially in our household. So.
4: The practical outworkings of my mother's faith, um, my older sister and I saw it a whole lot more than my younger siblings. Um, she definitely... Who you? Oh shouldn't assume Um, I'm Anthea Field and I'm a mum of four I've um, just started working at the school as well and um, Bobby's my other half Hi (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Thanks (laughs) Um, So we she her practical outworkings were much more obvious for my older sister and I um, as in praying for us um, and making us go to church, when we, even when we didn't want to. Um, it, that was actually a really difficult one. Most of these questions are difficult for me because that is actually the one thing that when I hung out with my Christian best friend and saw how their family operated... I realised how much my family didn't practically work their faith in the home. So, um, but there definitely was a, a way of demonstrating um, that basic. Actually, we need to pray about this, or we you just need to go to church and learn about God so there was some more that was sort of more what it was about yeah. All right. Who, who wants to have a go at
0: this one first how has observing your mother's faith journey over time influenced your life who's going to jump in <laughs> um,
2: I think consistency um, my mom has been consistent for my whole life in her walk in her faith, um, through the passing of her father, then passing of her mother, um, she's just always leaned upon the Lord. Um, my uh, my dad also like there was uh, a stage where he was asked to um, kind of step aside and let another pastor take over, and that was a uh, not done um, very well, and. Um, seeing my mom's journey through that, that she held a grudge and was really upset about that. But then one day we were, you know, we had these terribly long conversations in cars when I just want to sit and just look out the window. Mom's asking me, well, how are you doing? How's your heart? How's your faith? Run through the litany of my uh, my soul. And, and um, <laughs> I thought I'd try to beat her to the punch and kind of start asking her. And, and she talked about specific um, people in the church that she had to forgive. And the difficulty to see that that you know they didn 't ask to be forgiven or they didn 't come to her and and ask for that a reconciliation, but she gave that to him and relied through God in that and and I, and it 's just for me you know we we have so many people in in this world that step on our toes or you know slight us and, and and to use that kind of model of forgiveness of you know I will forgive you or i will." give you that branch and I will trust that the lord will be good in this um really has impact you know how I've really treated or interacted with people so and and to be to to be consistent just to rely consistently on the lord even in the good times and the hard times that the lord is there to to lead guide and direct our step even though we don't know where that step is he's there And that's already been taken care of before we've ever, you know, coming to Australia or going to uni or fill in the the blank. God is there to uh, love and protect us. I'd say perseverance. Um, As I
3: said, that mum's faith journey or or her faith didn't really become active until uh, much older and much later in life, or didn't seem to come. But she persevered along possibly through the years, which uh, didn't, may have not have seen that she may have prayed for us. There may be times when, uh, when she was um, coming before God, before us, for us and in in, on our behalf and other things. Uh, Dad wasn't a God-botherer, so to speak. He, um, he allowed us to go to church and that sort of thing. Uh, Mum encouraged us to go to church. She came along with us at times, at different times and different things. But perseverance, and especially towards the end, um, she was um, as I said she had dementia and then the body started to break down as you do when you get to a little bit older and she was in the nursing home in Maryborough but part of her ritual part of her routine was of a Sunday to be able to go to church at the United Church and when the as it was said at the funeral the, um, the minister came she said that uh, mum used to love to sing hymns and love to sing music. And that was part of it. And uh, that was her perseverance in her faith, even though her bodily function wasn't all that good, her mind probably wasn't that good, but the perseverance to go week by week and to stick it out. And that's come back in a way of perseverance. My family are very practical people, but uh, the perseverance, myself, I haven't been well for the last six years and been able to persevere through that and to be able to rely on God during that time and to hand it over to God at that time. And to be able to stick with it. Um, Dementia is a, a, a shocking thing. Um, it does take away um, their uh, life, as it's known. But Mum stuck at it, stuck through. I did a eulogy at her funeral and uh, I used the verse that Paul said um, I fought the good fight. And she fought the good fight for, for 10 years and uh, she's very fortunate to have good. Um, practical physicians and people specialists, but she fought the good fight and stuck at it. And she stuck at it for, for many years. So perseverance is one of the things that I've seen mum's faith over time here.
1: Um, right. Get to the right spot. So mum, um, her life was a bit of a roller coaster, and I'm sure it'll continue to be, um, as most people's are. It's got their ups and got their downs and their bits where they just feel like they're just cruising along, going flat. And and through all of that, mum has always relied on God. In the good times, she'll praise him. In the bad times, she will be drawing closer to him to ask for wisdom for situations, to, um, for guidance in what she needs to do. And in that, she she, um, she has shown me especially, but also my <coughs> sisters the importance of relying on God. You know, she, She's always been um, very involved in each church that we've been in. She's always been either in the worship team or leading the worship team in every single church we've been in. And her, the way she worships God, the way that she um, just selflessly shows up to church every Sunday to lead other people in worship, Because it's so important to her that even when you're having a really, really bad day, there was one Christmas morning, we all got up, we were all fighting with each other. All four of us were fighting, we were then fighting with mum, dad wasn't home, and she turned around and said, You know what? We're gonna go to church, we're gonna put on our happy faces, and we are gonna worship God, (laughs) whether you like it or not. And we were always at church first. Because we did the setup, we set up all the music, we'd set up the slides, the everything, everything. We, we did everything in the church because it was really important that we served. And we, yeah, we got to church this one morning, and our pastor said, You know what? It's okay. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to show people that too. It's okay to not have it all together. And, and for me, then growing up, as as a kid, you appreciate, well, you try to appreciate what your parents do for you, and you don't always understand it, though. And then when you get to be an adult, you go, oh, yeah, you know, they sacrificed a lot for me. They worked really hard to provide for me. And then when you have kids of your own, or in my case, you inherit kids, you really understand what they've done. <laughs> and... The sacrifices that they have taken and for her to still show up and encourage us and yeah, it's that perseverance in her faith through the good times and the bad times that has really shown me what a good, well, not necessarily a good but what a strong Christian faith in how amazing God is, what that looks like and that's then moulded my relationship with God in how I then try to not always very successfully but yeah show up and try to show these kids that I now have just how important it is so.
4: um, I'm going to preempt what I'm going to say because the question says your mother's faith so my mum was She and she loves us and always cared for us. She's a great mum. But if we're talking specifically about faith, (laughs) um, I think for me seeing the journey from her being really involved in church and sort of praying for us and as we're growing up, actually not really seeing that grow outwardly the fruits of the spirit and things like that. It has. I don't even. Know why I'm getting upset. It has influenced my own journey. To. In in two ways. One is. To not give up in persevering. Um, not to keep persevering in your own faith and being very specific in your own growth with the Lord like that and how do we practically so going back to the previous question because I didn't see much of that going actually if this stuff in the Bible is true how come I don't see it in my own much because there was some underlying things there why am I not seeing that being modelled in my own home? And so I think for me, the journey is how do I, it's, it's influenced me to go, I need to continually, not just persevere, but also be actively engaged in my relationship with the Lord, because then the fruit of the Spirit comes out and is outwardly displayed. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I, uh, I trust, <coughs> sorry, sorry, just for a sec. Um, I trust that as we're listening this morning, maybe we're taking some notes mentally or physically and, and maybe there are some conversations that, that us in the room need to have with our mum today. All right, next question. All right, now I'm aware that our our four uh, specialists this morning are in different situations as parents. We have pre-parent here. We have your parents are grown up. Um, We have you have inherited some kids, which is awesome. Um, And we have you've got four kids at home at the moment. So, understanding that four very different contexts to, to kind of speak out of, answering this, what is a piece of your mother's faith which has influenced your understanding of godly parenting? I know that some of this territory has been covered already, but, yeah, but for first. Okay, we'll go from this
4: <laughs> um, There's there's two things here again. Um, the way that it has oh. <laughs> The way that my mother's faith in God has influenced my parenting, Um, it's really important to say sorry. Us kids growing up never got that. And so that was really key. It's actually a very big thing with all four of us to model forgiveness and to be able to do forgiveness. Um, So that's a really big, um, I guess, her lack of showing that has influenced me and my siblings, how to actually say sorry to your children, how do you say sorry to other people that have hurt you, Um, that's a big one, but also um, her love for us is incredible, she she was really unwell with chronic fatigue and Crohn's and things like that, Um, and we lived with my grandparents for a year which was great because she was an artist so we did art um, <laughs> all the time And but she was so tired she was lying down whenever she could and we'd always sneak in and go "Mom, mum are you awake <sighs> oh, yes I am but she would always be very gracious with that and okay I'll get up it's time to cook dinner and knowing how sick she was, and the sacrifices that she made to be able to have a clean house, ha- take us to church, um, take us to flute practice, and all those sorts of things, do homework with us it 's a huge sacrifice, and i think um, I think that has influenced my parenting in the love that I show, not that I'm brilliant at it all the time, but to be able to, you know, even in that little baby stage where you're like, just modelling that, how do I mother? How do I be a mother and practically care for my kids? So, um, and and a, and a part of that is my brother, my mum had German measles when my, my younger brother was in her womb, and she had been told by the doctors, specialist after specialist, this you need to stop this pregnancy. It's not going to be able to see, it's going to be deaf, it's going to be dumb, you need to stop. And I think this is a big part of her faith, like there were these fundamental things where she went, actually no, God's given me this baby. I'm at, I, I'm not going to do that. And... She really sees that actually that was the Lord um, because he was, he's perfectly healthy and there was nothing wrong with him. And she knew that because she dropped a plate and later on in the pregnancy and he jumped in the womb. So she went, actually, no, this baby, baby is quite fine. But I think that was also God working there, giving her that faith. So I think that love that she has for children is a big influence in my parenting too.
1: So after seeing my mum pray for us all the time and not actually having given birth to children myself, I just inherited three, um, and one older one who doesn't live with us, one thing that I can do for these kids, and, I mean, no parent is 100% right all the time, doesn't get it right all the time, Parenting styles? I oh, know, Anthony, other than you. No. <laughs> um, you know, parenting styles vary. Nathan and I have very different parenting styles. My mum and dad had very different parenting styles. And that works for different kids. And, you know, sometimes you've got to find that medium in the middle. Um, but one thing that I have found that I can do for these kids that is pray for them that I can get right is to pray for them. And and for Ingrid, who we don't see very often, she doesn't need another mum. Like, she's, she's got her mum, she's at uni, she's doing her thing. All I can do for her is pray for her and be there when she needs me. You know, that's, Mum was always there when we needed her. Um, she would be at the end of the phone if we needed her. She would drive... When she lived in the middle of nowhere called Kerrang and we were down near Melbourne or over the other side of Wangaratta, she would just get in the car and drive. you know, Three and a half, four hours, sometimes five hours when I was in Gippsland, she would just drive. She was always there for us regardless and that whole time she'd be praying for us. So as as I'm watching these kids grow up and trying to co-parent them, the biggest thing I can do for them is to pray for them.
3: Well, I've had one thing I'll get onto a bit later but um, just had a thought now that she loved my dad. She really loved him even though they may not have been compatible in faith though she really loved him and to see them sitting there and having a cuddle it gave us a, an idea of what married life was like but one of the things was unconditional love. As a teenager, I was an angry young teenager, very angry, and um, spent a lot of time arguing with Mum and um, verbally attacking her and being... um, Yeah, and it was almost a daily thing. Um, At one stage, I nearly did physically attack her, and it was... I'm very glad I didn't because uh, that would have been the last thing I ever did. But the unconditional love that she showed me, and um, once that was over, I was just only saw this a little while ago, just looking back. The unconditional love that she showed after it was over, it was never brought up again. It was forgiven. It was done. It was sorted there and then. And to unconditionally love your kids, it's like our God who unconditionally loves us when we wander away he still loves us and he wants us to be part of the family and I was still part of the family and my sisters were still part of the family even though I was rebellious and, and didn't show her the respect and love that was due to her as my mother but the unconditional love was one thing that really came through
2: um, Not having children it's yeah, not an easy answer but uh, being a teacher it Seeing, um, it, it is kind of like parenting in some ways that you care and love and you have patience for, and, and just to repeat everything that's been said, it, I think shows up in in teaching a little bit, and uh, and just the privilege to be able to have that role in in a lot of your children's lives and a lot of children's lives around Crang is just wonderful and. And the hard times hearing my mother's voice come through of, it's late, you're tired, and telling a kid that, or, you know, it's okay, you know, just breathe. And all those little motherly things that you heard when you were a kid coming through, um, I think it's just a blessing, you know, to the how you patent your life after examples and, and to have that as a, a great example to be able to pat my life after after my mom a little bit, so...
0: running short on time a little bit so I'm going to swap out the last question mm-hmm. and we're going to go to this one which is a surprise for you guys <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I ga- I I'm gave you prepared, the prepared for- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um if you could go back in time and encourage your mum early on early on when she was a mum what would you say
1: can I start because I have something and I'll lose it if I don't say it <laughs> I would tell her she's doing a good job I would tell her she's doing a great job and all those times that she worried about us and she would sit, she'd sit at our our bedroom doors practising the songs for Sunday and just how much that meant to us. We didn't tell her, well I didn't tell her that. I didn't tell her how much I appreciated all she did, even as a kid when I didn't understand the extent of what she did. Tell her she was doing a good job, mm. and how much that meant, and and how much that was going to change who I was as a person. I think. You don't have to go next, just because.
2: Um, if I could go back, I'd say, um, "Mom, you were designed for this family. Like, there would be no other person more suited or perfect, and so." She was designed for that family and that we needed her as much as she needed us.
3: Well, as I said, my mum had quite a... not a nice childhood. But when we came along, she virtually lived her childhood through us and she gave us a childhood which was second to none. Dad was busy at work, as it was in those days. She was busy as well. They spent a lot of time working um and looking after us and just to go back and say thanks mum for the childhood you gave us for being there for the she used to tell great stories for the the practical love thanks not killing me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's probably just thank you and um really appreciate that um it was god's plan that i should be born in that family and uh Thank you, God, for putting him in the right place.
4: I think it would be similar to the others. Um, I'd probably encourage her to... um, I probably may encourage her to go, Mum, just stop cleaning and just come and have fun. I think, and I think that's difficult, because in a kid's eye, you don't see how unwell they are or how they're um, trying to just cope. Um, but I, th- I think I may just, kind of seeing that through a kid's perspective, I think I'd be, mum, it's okay, it's actually okay. We know that you, you love us. It's all okay. I think I may encourage it through that way, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah.
0: Well, this morning we, uh, we said that the gospel has hands and feet and that wisdom is a companion who travels with us. And I trust this morning as, as our four guests have been sharing part of their journey and part of their relationship with their mum that it's been worthwhile us reflecting on. And I wanna encourage those of you who are mums and mother figures, This morning, because not all mums are biological mums. You are in an incredibly influential and powerful position. You are in an amazingly powerful and influential position. And you have the capacity to put words into someone's heart that stay there and transform them for the rest of their life. We're going to pray together and then we're going to sing a song and finish this morning. This is a prayer for stressed mothers. Dear God, some days feel too hard. Some days we are hurting. Some days we are struggling. Some days we are fighting fear and worry at every turn. Thank you. In the midst of it all, you haven't left us to fend for ourselves. Forgive us for doubting you are there. Forgive us for thinking that you've forgotten. Forgive us for believing we somehow know What's better than you? You are trustworthy. You are all powerful. You are able. You are Lord over every situation, no matter how difficult it may seem. You are the healer. You will never waste the grief that we may carry today. You will use all things for good in some way. Anything is possible with you. Nothing is too difficult for you. We pray for those who may grieve. We pray for your comfort to surround those who weep. We pray for the peace of your presence to cover our minds and thoughts as you remind us that the enemy can never take us out of your hands, that he never has the final say over our lives. We are kept safe in your presence forever, safe in your arms, whether in life or in death. We thank you. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are bigger than our thoughts. We lay it all down at your feet, every burden, every care. Believing that is the safest place for us to be, and we love you, Lord. We need your fresh grace in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right, can we thank our guests this morning for their vulnerability? Thank you very much.